All right, all right, all right. Welcome to this episode of Warrior Week Parables from the Pit, episode number 16. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this podcast. All right, we are back. My guest this week is Sam Nader, graduate of Warrior Week 40. Welcome, my friend. Thank you, Coach. Love to be here. All right, you traveled. Uh, you traveled quite from uh, from a land of uh, snow, and you are here after several hours, and you're traveling back tonight, red eye. Yes, you got me across the country for an afternoon. That's so, impressive. Uh, thank you for being here. My pleasure. And um, and committed to your story, your message, and what uh, you know, what brought you here to, from the first place. So we're going to talk about that, right? So Sam, uh, just talk about a little bit uh, about your life pre-Warrior Week. Who was Sam? And and then and then just we'll stop there, and then I'll ask you a question. Then what happened when you saw the message of Warrior, right? So why don't you just give us a background, who Sam was, and and. You know, basically where Sam started saying, oh, I think I just found a new way. Yeah. So who I was before I came into Warrior was a broken man. I have a lot of history behind it. I was a pretty good athlete, a very good athlete, high school, college wrestler, very successful in the sport. I was um, in the construction industry for a few years. Mm -hmm. Got out of that, then I did full-time ministry work yes. for five years. Five years. I was a pastor for a few of those years. Then I got back into my career and started a successful consulting business mm -hmm. in the commercial construction industry. And did that business for about eight years, built mm -hmm. that, co-founded it, built it, ran the business, grew it pretty, pretty uh, substantially, made a lot of money. And in 2015, my partnership kind of blew up mm -hmm. and I had a hard reboot on my life and things began to change dramatically and I started to experience a level of darkness in my life that I had never experienced or never been aware of to that point. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the backdrop of me beginning to search for a different way in my life. That was right around 2015 when the search began? The search began in 2015 and, and continued probably for about a year and a half before I found uh, Warrior. Okay, so you, you obviously seen some other stuff, uh, motivational videos, conversations. Uh, my guess is time to time some of that shit would stick, would make sense. But then like smoke, they would vanish away. Uh, nothing would stay with you so you can actually do something with it for you. Was that Does that make sense? It does. I think what I experienced were a number of... I've, I'm a spiritual man, so mm -hmm. I've experienced divine, spiritual, godly things throughout my life, and that's been deposited into me, and that's been part of my experience. But what I never had was the tools and framework for how to live, to, how to truly live my life across all the areas of my life. And, yeah. and that, not having that was like a chasm for me. Like I, I could see, in, even in my darkest 
times, even in the worst times of my life, I could see who I was called to be and to become, but I felt so powerless to get there. It was like this huge fucking chasm between me and that man that I knew I was called to be, and I didn't know how to get there. I did not know the way to get there. Got it. Got it. Beautiful. Uh, so then you come across this crazy video, right? And next thing you know, you're part of a, a, a remote online training, and there are conversations that are taking place. Uh, part of you is like, what the fuck? The other part of you is telling you, okay, something is happening here. Talk to me about that experience, man. Yeah. So I came in to Warrior through Warrior Book 700, and that was uh, preceded by having seen a video that Garrett did maybe eight months before. And then getting to a very, very dark place in my life, with particularly in my marriage, which drove me to finally press the button. And I was I pressed the button to get into Warrior Book 600, mm -hmm. but it was already sold out by that <laughs> point. So I waited, and I was on that waiting list. And I, as soon as I saw the email, like 700 is is a go, it's live. Like I pushed. I think I was like the first fucking guy in there. Yeah. I pushed the button. And I got in, and and the, you know, coming into it was like walking into pure fucking chaos. <laughs> I mean, the way that the way that seven hundred, and I think it was set up that way, uh, to, uh, you know, purposefully set up that way. But the way that it was set up, that you come into a group of one hundred and twenty other men, uh, you don't know what's going on, you don't know up from down, and then we get on a webinar with you <laughs> and and out of the gates like you are bringing like the fire is coming at us the fire and the fire hose like all at the same time and i'm like what the fuck is this who is, who is this guy who who is this guy and what is he doing to me right now yeah <laughs> I, I remember uh i think i brought you live on the camera and i remember particularly your face uh kind of like like a folded paper, like just, just like okay, what's next? Yeah. I where yeah. am I? Right, <laughs> where uh, am what's I? Up, what's down? Exactly. And uh, and so you come in. We we begin the experience of going to places where you haven't seen anyone actually go. Right, like going and knocking at the door of conversations about marriage and fatherhood. Yeah, that no one else like. Kind of does, right? Going to places about body and seeking power inside of body. Like one of the conversations, okay, bro, like what are you doing for your body? I'm doing this and this. Okay, well, <laughs> what are you training for? Yeah. Like wh what are you seeking? What is the power? And what more importantly, once you get it, what the fuck are you doing with this power that you gain inside of your body for your family? Yeah. A lot of guys will say, yeah, man, you know, I work out CrossFit. I go this. I do that. I'm doing great. What do you do from the power that you gain from that? Do you bring back into production in your business? Yeah. Do you bring that back into the production of your marriage? Oh, yeah, I do that. Okay, how? Yeah. How do you do that? Well, you know, I'm a good dad. Okay, that's pretty fucking generic. Give me, I'm, I'm, I act like a seven-year-old, right? I'm the seven-year-old guy. Yeah. You give me specifics, and I believe you. You give me generics, you're a goddamn fucking liar in my book. Yeah. But I give you the chance and I train you to break down your generalities to specific shit. Like this morning, the shit show that happened. Go to the DMV. I want to get my motorcycle uh, permit. 
which is linked to my driver's license permit right now because I just renewed my driver's license and the lady put uh, driver's license for car and as well as motorcycle. I passed the theory test. I had to do the manual test. And so like, we're not going to ship you a fucking driver's license until you pass this test. I'm like, fuck it. I don't want the motorcycle. She said, well, you went through all this shit for nothing. I'm like, ah, you're right. Okay. Schedule. I go in. It's a moped. It's not a motorcycle. So mm-hmm. just, it's an M1. It's a moped. <laughs> Let me be very, very clear on that. It's a moped. Yeah. I bought the goddamn moped to ride with my son because he loves that, right? So we go mm-hmm. around the neighborhood. It has insurance. It has plates. We go inside. And, and so, but I half-ass it, right? So I don't practice. I don't do anything. I'm like, ah, the test is going to be fine. And I failed the test because I didn't even listen to the instruction that the lady gave me. Because right. I, I, I already had the fucking answer, which is it's a moped. I got this. I'm 41 year old. I'm not gonna fucking fail a moped test. I'm the alpha. I'm the motherfucker here, right? And then when I finish that, as I'm reflecting inside of a tool that we have stack, I'm reflecting on the fact that, well, I'm saying, fuck, this DMV bitch, she failed me, right? That's that's my first judgment that I would pass. Mm-hmm. Then I look at it and say, okay, well, I kind of failed myself. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. I kind of passed the theory test by luck, yeah. and I didn't fucking prepare, and I didn't listen to the fucking instruction. And I'm to pretending to be some guy that is that that ha- that deserves to get the fucking permit. Really, what I should want is the process of becoming licensed. I should want that process mm. versus the license itself, because there's probably a meaning for me in getting that license. There is probably a reason why I'm wasting three hours of my time at DMV to get a fucking moped license. Mm-hmm. And maybe the reason is simple. Maybe the reason is like my, lo- my son loves so much this little moped that I can take him daily, not just to the pool above my house, which is like half a mile, but I can actually take him to the ice cream shop on the bike, right? And oh shit, now it changes his experience. I can't really do that because if I don't have a permit... I can't be on the streets, and if I do that, it's a big-ass risk. Right. So I don't go to the ice cream shop. Well, this, all this clarity is coming to me based on what? Based on the fact that I allow myself to be specific about my action and most of the time reject the first stories that comes in my fucking head, mm-hmm. which is that goddamn fucking DMV bitch. She needs to be more fucking human. She was like a fucking robot. She needs to be more human. She needs to understand my needs. And she should have given me a second chance. Yeah. Like, that's the expectation. And most of my life, I operated under this. I operated on, under this rule of entitlement. And if I don't get it, well, fuck you. It's because you're not human. And I would use some kind of a fucking humanitarian divine scripture to justify it. So, like, I'm sharing this for you. With you because I, I want to hear on your side, like you and I are on the same age. And so, did you ever feel this way? Yeah, absolutely. All my life. <laughs> you helped me break a huge fucking story. <clears throat> so, after my athletic career, I was pretty banged up. I was good. I was a two time All American, Division One college wrestling. That's pretty good. But my body was beat up my knees, my back. And I told myself the story. I was so beat up. I told myself the story. I'm done. I'm not going to do anything for my body. I did not elevate my heart rate for seven 
years after I stepped off the wrestling mat, my last match. Seven fucking years, I did not do anything to elevate my heart rate. And for 19 years, I did very little physically. So I was like 50 pounds overweight. Mm. I was in, you know, so I came into Warrior, and one of the first things you talked about was taking these stories, these re, these things we tell ourselves that put us, you know, put someone else off on, on the hook, take us off the hook, make us the fucking victim, and the story was, I'm too banged up to become fit again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you taught us the fuck you strategy. Yeah, I remember that. And I did that with the story, and I told that story, fuck you. I'm not too banged up. I'm going to become fit again. And the thing I started to experience right away was I started to get power in my body. This ability to reframe the original story, right? Sometimes the original story could be just like a DMV, right? Just It comes in and it's just a day. Like today I'll talk about fucking DMD all day, ah, that bitch, that bitch, that bitch. And then it goes away tomorrow, right? But that story dominated my thoughts that day and my actions. Yep. But sometimes the stories fucking stay with you for 19 goddamn years. And 19 years, and it could be anywhere. It could be in marriage. In this case, it was your new body. But like, it just sticks. Like You yeah. believe that fucking story yeah. for 19 years. What do you think it is? What do you think we, we hold on to those stories? What, 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 what is it that it's, what are those stories serving us yeah. that we stay with it? It's got to be a nice, comfortable, cozy <laughs> place, man. It was for ah. 19 years until I couldn't play with my fucking kids. Fuck that. Like I was literally, I did not have the energy to play with my kids when they wanted to play. Uh, by the way, I want to make it very clear for the audience that when Sam says he was 50 pounds heavier, uh, we're not talking about some fat fuck that's not able to fucking move. Like, let's make that fucking clear. We're talking about like a, a big guy, right? We're talking about a big guy. What you see right now on the camera, if you're watching us, with just more mass on him. Like you're looking at it like a scary big guy. You're not looking at a guy. And this scary big guy, this alpha in the society, whom everybody looks at, I'm like, shit, man, this guy, this guy's pretty solid. Yeah. Right? Fuck, hey, are you in like are you in WWE wrestling or are you a buncer? <laughs> like this guy, this power projected on the outside doesn't feel powerful from the no. inside because you can't even play with your fucking no. kids weak weak yep yeah that's the power of the story take a powerful man put a fucking story on him his own story that he believes and all of a sudden a powerful man is a weakling weakling i'm gonna tell you a story man because i feel that i should tell this fucking story next week we have warrior week and one of the men that is supposed to come to this Warrior Week, get, I was on the bike, <laughs> the same fucking bike, waiting for my moped. Let's just make that very clear since we don't fucking <laughs> lie. I was on the fucking moped. It's a, it's a 150. It goes 60 miles max. I'm just trying to like, <laughs> diff- like it, it looks pretty manly, all right? Okay. It's a moped. So I'm on the fucking moped. Yep. I received this call. He says, "Hey, I can't come. I, Coach Sam, I can't come to Warrior, bec- Warrior Week because uh, my my no, doctor notes." I'm like, "Okay, what are you talking about?" Well, you know that that accident that I had. So my back, uh, doctor says I can't do anything. I go, "What's what's the problem with your back?" 
He goes, my lower back, a little bit of tendons, this and that. I'm like, okay, so you're not going to fucking die. You're coming. I hanged up. And then I thought about your story. When you called me the day before Worry Week and you say, Coach Sam, I don't think I can come, man, to Worry Week. And I paused for a second. I said, and I knew you were were coming today for the podcast, so this is all happening at the same time. And that's why I decided to share this with you and like just... We're going to build upon this. And then so I paused and I said, when I had a conversation with Sam about his back, it was a sincere conversation. Like you were coming from a place of truth, Mm -hmm. the truth that you knew, which was that story. Right. Right. Here are the facts. My back got hurt. Right. Your stories created a version of the truth for you. Mm -hmm that you actually believed. So you're not coming from a bad place. You're right. not coming from a malicious place yeah. or an intentional lie. Right. You're simply coming in with the fabrication of the truth from your story. So I said, okay, this this is a story for Sam. I believe I believe your genuine right. waves, right? Or energy or whatever that was over the phone. I said this is a story for Sam. And so you and I had a conversation, and it was a, it was a decent conversation. It wasn't, yeah. hey, fuck off, you're coming. Right. It was a decent conversation. And inside of that, you kind of find, what did you find inside of that? Because you, you came to Worry Week. So what oh. did you find inside of that conversation? Because I want to come back to yeah. the story of this other guy. You just opened a big one, Coach. Um, <clears throat> so it was actually about eight, eight days or ten days before Warrior Week. And I've had a bad back since my sophomore year of college. I mm. heard it. After wrestling practice, I was squatting. I got out of position, semi-herniated a disc, and it limited me in my wrestling career after that. But to keep this story somewhat short, uh, I've never had a major problem with my back. I always kind of stretched. If I would lift something funny, it would get tweaked. I would take in a leave. I'd be fine the next day, usually a couple days at max. Well, this time uh, before Warrior Week, uh, I was fucking debilitated. I called you be, before it actually got to its worst, but within a day of me calling you, I, I, I was having back problems. It was getting worse and worse to the point where literally the Friday before, um, 10 days before Warrior Week started on the Tuesday, right? It was so it was 10 days before on a Friday. I was lying on my floor. I could not sleep on my bed. I was lying on a mat on the floor next to my bed. And I could not get up. Like, I literally could not move. I was in that much pain. And I, that has never happened to me before in my life. So when I called you, I was sincerely like, Coach, I don't know what the fuck is going on here. Like, I have never experienced anything like this before. I do not literally think I can physically make it through Warrior Week. Yes. And you just said, Sam, Warrior Week is not a physical event. It is a spiritual event. It's an emotional event. And you need to be there. And I said, okay. I trusted the fucking process. It's crazy. Most of your life, most of your life, you've been operating based on these divine downloads. Yeah. Anywhere. any Anything that you've done. Right. And that's what you said at the beginning yep. of the show. And then what made you crack your own story it was simply, oh shit, this this is this is this is another divine invitation. So coach, okay, so I'm gonna elaborate on this because you okay. open this up. 
So what I had, I had a, I'm going to call it a vision, mm -hmm. a couple days before our conversation and a couple days before I was lying on the floor on my face. And it was, I realized that my back was um, the access point to my power as a wrestler. So in wrestling, all of the power comes from your legs and your hips. Okay. And you have to be able, the best wrestlers are able to deliver the power from their legs and their hips to their, their, the rest of their body, to their upper body. And I was, I, my back was kind of an issue at that point. It wasn't that bad, but I was just kind of meditating or I had done a stack or something. And I just had this little vision like my back is my hinge point. It's the hinge to my power. It's the hinge that delivers the power from my legs to the rest of my body. Fast forward, our conversation happens. A day or two later, I'm laying on my face, mm -hmm. unable to move. Like literally, I was panicking. I was panicking because I did not, I felt trapped in my body. I don't know if you've ever felt this way. Yes, I did. Okay. I never felt that way. And I was literally starting to panic. Like I I was losing my fucking mind. Okay. Yeah. So I, I decided at that point, to just calm myself and allow myself to go into the darkness. It's the first time I ever did that. Like I literally said, okay, instead of trying to escape the darkness that's overcoming me, I'm yep. going to go into it. Yep. And when I went into it, very soon after going into it, I heard the voice in my heart and the voice said, your wife is your back. Your wife is your hinge point. My wife was sitting on the bed. 15 feet away from me. And the darkness that was surrounding me for those years, the, the couple years leading up to me finding Warrior was all in my marriage. It was, it was all in my marriage. It was, it was very dark. It was very dark. It was, it was, uh, I had been so damaging to my wife. I had been so critical, uh, so, um, rage-filled, so destructive in our marriage, and I didn't even realize most of how destructive it had been. And so when I was lying there on the floor and I realized my back was my, was my wife, like literally God was trying to speak to me, and the only way he could speak to me was through my physical body at that moment. And he shut me down so I could have an awakening. So, at that time, of course, you tell me this, and I and I tell you, like we have a dialogue, and the dialogue is to, for you to come back around the circles of what happened, and what story you're making around it, and what is yeah. the purpose of this conversation anyway? Why the fuck are you even coming to Warrior Week, right? right? And and once you you actually got clarity on the purpose, nothing stood between That's right. you. And you come, and we'll talk about that in a second. But I want to go back to the story of the guy that texts me with the same message on you, mm -hmm. Sam. He didn't text me. Sorry, he called me. I'll pick it up on the morning. Same message as you. I can't come. Doctor's note. Like you didn't. You, so first of all, you didn't bring any doctor I into didn't the get mix. A fucking doctor's note. So no. like I hanged up on him because I was impatient. I was waiting for a fucking lady to give me the thing, and and at the same time it just. And then I I'm standing there. Because I told him, no, you're fuck off, you're coming, and there's no nothing to it. I'm standing him saying, oh, dude, 
I'm not shutting any story. This mm-hmm. this is not a story. Like literally, this is not a story. And this is not the truth. Mm. It's not the truth and it's not a story. Mm. Which means it's a fucking lie. And I'm gonna test, I'm gonna call the guy. Okay, what's going on? Give me a little bit more detail. So he tells me, if I come to Warrior Week, my insurance, here's here's the thing. If I come to insurance, my insurance is, is if my insurance find out that I came to Warrior Week, they're gonna call my health insurance. And my, I go, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, now I know, now I know why you send the fucking video on day one. Mm-hmm. Day one, he sends a video. This is 21 days ago in the process of preparation. He sends a video. He says, I just had a car accident. He's like literally filming himself. I just had a car accident and I'm in an ambulance. He has some, like he's in a real ambulance. He's getting, but I will not quit. I'm not a quitter. I will do my fucking assignment. I'm like, okay. I take the video, I share it with all the guys. So this is pretty fucking impressive. This is 21 days ago. In the process of this, he doesn't play the game all in mm-hmm. in the past 20 years, 20 days. He plays it, but not all in. Mm-hmm. Some stories robbing him from telling him the truth is robbing power. So comes to one day before the event or two day before the event, he sends a message like this. And so th- th- this is simple is that throughout this, this is a positioned lie. Mm. And he's going to listen to this podcast and I don't give a fuck. This is a positioned lie. You position the lie so you can get out of it. Now, in the midst of all this, maybe he didn't position it then on purpose. Maybe the accident fucking took place, but maybe he took advantage of the accident incident. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's collecting money from the insurance. Maybe there is, a, there is something that is not truthful in this process. Because if you didn't quit, there's no reason for you to fucking quit. And... You would have come to me differently. You would have mm-hmm. say, I have some serious concern, this and this and that. Right. And when I, you know, this is not a physical, we will be taking care of. So it was, it was almost that if it wasn't intentional, which I don't think it was, but he's, he's taking advantage of what took place and it's not coming from a place of truthful. And it, there's a lie because in his coming to worry week, there will be exposure but at the same time, he's scared. Right. He's scared of what may happen actually to sure. him. Sure. He's scared of a like. Th- there's all these feelings. So it's not one story, but it's multiple lies yep. and stories. And the biggest breakthrough he will have coming at Warrior would have been, well, shit. I guess my back wasn't an issue. Yeah. And that is not serving him. Right. And that is not going to serve the guys that are coming. So the best thing was, all right, bro, like, we'll put you on two months from now. But after this conversation, here's what I'm, here's I'm fucking committed to do. I'm going to refund him tonight. Mm. I'm going to let him go. And if he comes back by his own, then he was meant to be here. Mm. If not, the lies were just too powerful. And I cannot save another man. Nope. We cannot mislead another man. This is not about mm. us. This is about a man wanting to come. You choose to come to Worry Week based on the fact that you saw something that clicked with your desires and what you want. Yeah. He's not seeing that right now, and a live event or anything else will not be able to help him out because when you came in here, you downloaded your gift from 
God on the second day. Yes. He's not open enough to come in and do that. And he actually may block other guys from receiving their gift. Mm. So he won't be able to listen to this podcast now, but if he listens to this podcast and if he's a graduate of Warrior Week, well, he was able to break through his own story on his own. His money's refunded. He was able to figure this out during this period, come back, and it was accepted again because he came back and he played all in. And if he's listening to it at home, then you should be asking yourself, God damn it, what if? What if I would stop fucking lying? So yeah, what are you hearing in this, man? I'd like to speak to the man. <clears throat> I don't know this man, and I do know what I experienced. And the lead up to Warrior Week and my anticipation of Warrior Week was the most anxiety and stress and fear that I have experienced to date. And I've been through some pretty tough shit. Yes. Like, I wrestled for 13 years. It's pretty fucking tough. At the level I wrestled at, I've been through some shit. But here's the thing. I submitted to the process. Yes. I trusted the process. And there was enough that I saw come through the trainers from God, from the voice, that I could... I realized that it wasn't it wasn't me submitting to you. It wasn't even me submitting to Warrior Week. It was actually me submitting to God. <laughs> Believe it or not, it was me submitting to God in realizing that this was the path I had to follow to receive a gift. And I didn't receive a gift. I received gifts. Gifts upon gifts upon gifts. Warrior Week was a fucking, it was, it was the biggest catalyst in my life for transformation that I have ever experienced. And I, like I said, I'm a spiritual man. I have been through transformational experiences before, nothing like Warrior Week. So if I were to speak to this man, I would say, I get it. I get you. Like I, if I would have had a car accident, that would have been a pretty fucking good ex like excuse for me to like try to to do this. I didn't have that. I did have the fact that I couldn't move eight days before the event. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is not the case. You can walk. So wh what I'm hearing is we're going to finish recording this podcast. You and I have a drive to the airport. We're going to we're going to call this man specifically. You're going to call him. Okay. And you're going to say, this is Sam. Coach Sam asked me to call you. I have two options for you. Tonight, I have my, what I'm going to share with you, which is my story. Yeah. And the second option is you will be refunded and you're not part of the next Worry Week automatically because I did put them in the next Worry Week automatically. Okay. I'm changing that right now based on what I'm downloading here in this conversation because okay. it just came to my mind right now and it just came to my heart right now that, fuck, he had the same fucking backstory than you. Yeah. So if, if, if there is any truth inside of that, then he'll make his decision. Right. Whatever the decision is, it's best for him and for the man inside of board. Right. So we'll do that because okay. I think uh, we have the time to do that and uh, and there will be no one better than you to express that. Okay. Um, let's go and, and talk about, let's go and talk about two of the most toughest decisions that you had to make in your life. One of them was 
you being a pastor, being inside of inside of church for so many most of fucking most of your life, 31 years, right? Yep. 31 years. Something happened at age 31 where you made a big decision. Yeah. And talk to us about that and what kind of impact that on you leading you today here because the second decision you made was after inside of the pit that that night this the first night. So talk yeah. to us, man. So I was raised in a church, <clears throat> Christian church, my whole life. Um, I was very active in the church. My father was a church leader. Uh, I was always kind of the good Christian kid. I did all the right things, said all the good things. I was a leader within that. And I even um, decided as a, at 25 years old to quit my job to do full-time ministry work. And that was very much the voice in my heart speaking to me saying, look, you have two paths you can go in your life. At that time, I was early in my career, but I was already starting to rise through the ranks of the company I was in. And I saw that like there's a window of time here where I can either invest in my life spiritually or I can continue on the, 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 the career track that I was on. And I could see what that would look like, but I realized if I didn't invest spiritually in my life at that point, I would be missing out on something. So I, I quit my job. Uh, I did full-time ministry work. I worked with young people. And then I actually started two small churches with my wife and a couple other young couples. And in the process of doing that, I was going through seeing that there was something that didn't sit right with me in looking at the fruits of of the church and the group and the Christians that I was part of. It Something wasn't right about it. It wasn't sitting right. I didn't feel right in my heart when I looked at how judgmental they were. I looked at how much of a superiority complex everyone had, how the, the group I was part of thought this was the only way. This was the, they had found the way to do and be church, and the doctrine that they held on to was the right way, and it was the only way, and everybody else was wrong, and everybody else was, was off. And, and I started looking around at the, the condition and the, the, the attitudes and the judgment and the, the lack of, of, of uh, results, really, the lack of fruit that was happening among this this group of people, and I just, something wasn't sitting right. But then when I began to investigate, as I started these churches, I, I realized, okay, I need to figure out, like, what I believe. And when I began to investigate, I found, I found the, the, the chink in the armor. I found the, the, the verse in the Bible that didn't quite support the rest of the doctrine that I had been taught. And then I found explanations by the leaders that were either outright lies or they were very distorted explanations to try to explain away why this verse that trumped the rest of the doctrine was actually saying something different than it was. And at that point, I realized I cannot, I cannot continue to buy into or preach or propagate something that is that that has lies in it. I can't do it. 
So what you share, it's uh, it, it's first of all, it's very personal because being being a spiritual man is a very very personal journey. Um, but it 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 totally resonates with me growing up in another religion and seeing the same fucking thing, which is a structure that I respect to some extent because it provides guidance. Right. But above a certain point, it becomes a manipulation of human thought and usage of the religion or more importantly, using God for man's interest. Right. And I, you get to certain age that you actually question this because truly God himself wants you to question this and you seek yeah, and you seek some truth that is not what is fed to you, but what is possibly a truth that you discover. Now, the beauty of all this is that without that foundation, without that structure, you would never even be in a place True. to question. True, 100%. If I would not get my my structure and my foundation uh, but you know, from my religion and you wouldn't get yeah. yours, we wouldn't even be in a place to be able to fucking question that. Yes. But at least there is an awakening that takes all of us and says, hey, bro, wake the fuck up. That's right. Yeah. You know, you're not really talking to me, but I can catch you in your dream and I can tell you something, yep. right? Yep. We talked about that. So you just act upon that. And in the midst of all this, you see men trying to do God's work, but they're not coming from a place of truth. They are living lies. Right. Men are living lies trying to do God's work, which in fact could be interpreted in the devil disguised as a man of God. Absolutely. It's, <clears throat> you know, the problem is with the system. And I'm glad that you said that had both of us not been raised in and instilled with the things that we were, we would never would have been in the position to seek because that is very true in my life. Like I owe much of the foundation of who I am to the men of God that deposited something into me that was of God. True. The problem is those men were operating in a system and the system is set up by men to propagate the things of man. It's set up by men to, 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 to serve what men want. True. Right. And so that's what corrupts. Like I owe so much to the men because none of us are pure. No, absolutely none of us not. are clean. No. None of us don't have lies. That is not true. Right? That we are all fucking liars. Fa Today I was a fucking liar. I'm here saying, hey, this show is about all the fucking truth. And inside of all that, I catch myself fucking lying that, hey, I should be passing this fucking test. Right. But, like, dude, you didn't even prepare for the fucking test. Stop fucking lying. We lie all the time. We do. But here's the difference. We are willing to expose our own lies. We are not willing. We are willing to not hold on to it and to call a lie a lie. True. The system. The system is set up. The system of religion. Let's expand it. Right. Yeah. You're Muslim. I'm Christian. Yes. Right. The system of all religion is set up to make it very difficult True. for people to truly stand in truth and to truly stand in honesty and to stand and say, look. I'm a fucking man. 
I'm full of lies because the leaders are set up to be like God. They're set up to be looked at like God. To Mirroring. Lead, and people want to be led by a man, not by God, because it's easier to see and follow a man. Conf- yeah, follow a man. It's much easier than, than follow the, yeah, to the voice of your heart. And have faith. That's right. So now you have a confirmation. You have a man that becomes the object of confirmation of what the divine is. So that's why you say, I'm going to exactly. follow the men. Exactly. And we make idols of out those of men. men. We make idols. Just like history, when they had the idols out of the stones, out of yep. whatever they created. Yep. It wasn't different. We just turned those idols to men. Yes. And inside of that, the actual spiritual guy, the actual guy that is divine, there are there are there are they're out there doing the work in the system. Yes. Right. But they're not the majority. The majority of men falls into the system and in their mind, they actually believe that they're in the right place, but they're living a love of life and this life of lies, they cannot lead from that place. No, they're deceived themselves. Coach, I was, so I was serving, like doing this work of ministry for five years. Yes. It wasn't till the moment that I stopped, the moment when we finally said, okay, this is not what God asked us to do. We're stopping, okay? That was five years later. It wasn't until that moment where God started to show me who I truly was. Because here's the other problem with the system and the people that are the workers in this system, the people that are the men of God. Yes, yes. You think you're okay. I'm, a, I, I'm serving. I'm helping other people. I'm... I'm helping them. I'm giving them what I have of God, right? You you start to think of yourself as something that you're not. You start to think you're okay. You start to think you're good. You That's start to so think true. you're pure. Dude, when that happens, now you not only have the system that is fucking the men, because you're fucked yourself. You're, you're self deceived. And now you become a lethal weapon oh, of misguidance and right. misleading because. Where you bring people is a place where they feel more and more <coughs> and more distant yeah. from God. That's right. They feel, they feel distant and they, uh, they feel like they cannot be what you are. So what you have this phenomenon that happens, right? Yes. You have men now that are positioned between other people yes. and God. Yes. That is... The biggest violation, I believe, that God in the universe that occur is for someone to stand between another person and God himself. That is like the worst possible spiritual thing that could happen. So true. And then on top of that, you have men now who are standing in falsehood and lies. And so they look good on the outside and everybody looks at them and says, oh, I can't be like that. Sure. I, there, and then you begin to have this kind of worship of this man, this idol forms. And now that man is locked into being that idol. Yes. He can't escape that because now he has to fulfill what the people are looking to him to be, which is God, and he's not God. The only way for that man to escape is two ways. A miracle by God or he fucking dies. That's right. 
And this is precisely what the problem is right now in the the, the Muslim community. If you look at the, 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 the Islam as a religion, yeah. that is precisely the fucking problem, yeah. is the idolization of men. Mm. Now, you take countries that are controlled by a group of men mm -hmm. that are actually now called religious leaders. So they've gone to a point where they've actually included religion into politics mm. and they call themselves the republic islamic of whatever right okay. whatever country yeah. you want to fucking call yeah. it Th at that time now now you're like okay here's a re religion i'm going to merge this mm -hmm. with politics because it was always meant to do that to some extent you can look at it you say yeah probably 1300 years ago but when you look at it right now it doesn't make fucking sense because the political system has evolved so much. We have modernized our political system. Right. Freedom now fucking matters. Freedom doesn't mean it does not the same fucking conversation that 1300 years ago. The right. problems for freedom of 1300 years ago are not the problems of today. The quality of the problem that men have today are not the same quality of the problem 1300 years ago. Mm -hmm. So you can't resolve these right. problems the thinking way. that way. Yep. And now you're saying you're going to enforce these patterns of religious in the political way? So now it, it becomes like almost a jail. Mm. It's a jail. It's a fucking prison. Mm. It's a prison. It's a prison to tell a woman to wear a fucking veil. Like, who the fuck are you to even do that? It's a prison to create a country where it's an obligation for you to wear a veil. Mm. It's a fucking choice, period. It should be a fucking choice. Mm -hmm. So men control men's interest that serve the system that ultimately serves them right. exactly in what you talked about, which is this position that they have. Yeah. Once they have this position, this significance, they will not let go of that. Yeah, that's right. It's either a miracle and that happened to you. Mm -hmm. You let go of that position and that sense of significance because there was an awakening in you. So there was a miracle yeah. or until death. And some death is the man killing himself because he can't handle the hypocrisy anymore. True. This is happening to pastors. Pastors are killing themselves because they cannot handle being looked at as God when they know they are not God. True. And, and the most important and significant thing that they cannot hide is the following. When you are hiding something and you're actually leading people, you're projecting yes. what you're hiding on these people energetically. You're mirroring that. Mm. And whether you're leading them in some areas, in other areas, you're projecting your energy of hiding as if you're inviting them to do the same. Wow. And one, one, of the, one of the profound experiences that I had, and I shared with you this today early on, it was in 2010 when I had the opportunity to go to Saudi Arabia mm -hmm. and uh, for business, and I made it uh, a journey, a spiritual journey for me. I said, I'm going to the to the Holy Mecca, and I'm and I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make this a spiritual journey for myself. Mm -hmm. And so I started going, and there were some you know certain rules, a tradition that you have to follow. I didn't really follow none of them except one that was you know, around approximately 60 kilometers before you get to this, the, the Holy Mecca, and you, you had to go take a shower and just wear a towel. I didn't quite understand what that was, but I became compliant with it because the driver was telling me, listen, bro, if you don't do this, like, you cannot go. Yeah. So it's just a matter of following the rules. 
I'm like, okay, I don't get it, but I'll do it because I want to get to that place. I mean, I travel so much to get to this place. And so I go there and I'm in there in this divine place in this in this place where, you know, it, it's it's a divine place, man. Yeah. It's not just for Muslims, it's for for the entire mm-hmm. for the entire world, right? It's the house that Abraham built. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so you're looking at this and you're like, okay, this is a very divine place. Number one, why is this fucking limited only to Muslims? Mm-hmm. Why can everybody come and visit this? Mm-hmm. So while okay, now it's run by a fucking country that put rules around it. And political rules around it and obligation. If you're not a Muslim, you can't come into this place. My first impression is fuck you to that, right? Because mm. I think differently. Just like you. I respect the man of God that helped me when I was young. But now I am that I am. Yes. I am that I am. Yes. Period. Yep. I am that I am. And there's no man between me and God. So to me, every man deserves to be there yes. if they want to. Mm. So now that's the first thing. Second thing, okay, I have to wear this thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm going around and around and I look at thousands and thousands of people going in circle and they're having their divine moment. And it is that point that I realize, like, okay, I get the point. The point of this, for them it may be a rule. To me, it's not a rule. Yeah. To me, this is a revelation that says, you don't need to wear anything special for me. I love you. As you are, Beautiful. you were born in this naked yeah. and you are here naked, just wearing this cloth over you. Yes. So I don't need you to wear your fucking material for me. It's fucking beautiful. So that was the first thing. Yeah. And the second thing is that you are all equal. Mm. No one is better than anybody else because you're all wearing the same thing. So that was, that was like, that's what I, that's what I, that's the most significant download that I got. Yeah. And I, I got what I needed. And yeah. I didn't do, need to do 900, you know, tradition and scriptures. I got what I needed because my yeah. heart was pure in that yeah. place. Yeah. And I'm going around and I'm going around as if God wanted to show me something else. In that in the house of God itself, in the most sacred place, I would see men judging other men. Mm. I was judged myself. I was wearing a necklace and it was gold and it said, it said on it, God, right? But it was gold. And I see a man telling me like, no, 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 you can't wear that. So I'm not, I'm not understanding what the fuck this guy is talking about. So, you know, I give him the fucking head, you know, the kind of like in the club. Yo, yo, what's up? <laughs> it's not really the, moment, the place to do that. But hey, you right. know, and, and he does it again. So I alpha up and like shut the fuck up in yeah. a way, right in my head. Yeah. And, and I move around. And later on, I asked the driver, and said, I don't know, man, this guy kind of fucking attacked me. I don't know where we're like fucking his finger and this and all, you know, <laughs> I almost yeah. had a fight in a divine place. Yeah. He goes, no, no, because you're not supposed to wear gold as a man. I mm-hmm. said, says who? Says who? And even if I did, I, would, I did it fucking innocently. I didn't even fucking know. Right. I'm not to be fucking corrected in the presence of God. Who the fuck is he mm-hmm. to, to correct me? So that opened another thing for me is that men are constantly trying yes. to chop another man's head so they can feel taller. Mm-hmm. And that's all he was doing. He thought he was more divine by telling me to take this off. He rather fuck my spiritual experience yep. than like that. You know, he'd rather yeah. fuck that instead of like just keeping it in silence exactly. and saying, hey, man, OK, maybe this is the rule. Maybe the dude forget this is not the place. This is a time between him and God. Exactly. Why am I injecting? So it's fuck, yeah. like the serpent itself comes yes. out. Right. Yes. And I've seen this and over and over when they're actually I see a couple. I saw with my own eyes again. 
I saw a couple like looking at another group of people. There's a group of people going around and they're kind of speaking a little bit louder and they're they're just a group, right? They're having a group spiritual moment. And mm-hmm. that is, you know, that is like that happens, you mm-hmm. know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And they're kind of like back and forth speaking. I can't understand the fucking language, but the eyes I can see that they're judging. And they're saying these fucking people don't belong here. Mm. They should not be fucking here. Mm. And I can sense that, right? So I, I leave with the lessons that even in the most divine places, men will always judge. Men will always lie. And men can always correct themselves. Yeah. Men can always reposition their thoughts, reposition their feelings. Men can always change, transform but more importantly, men can always found themselves, which is that little baby, that, that, that child that came in that was loved before even he was born. Yeah. But yeah. we forget that, right? Because the chaos of life takes us everywhere. So, man, like wh- how you, what you experience in your journey as a pastor, I, I wasn't a pastor, but in my, in my own experience mm-hmm. in 2010, and this is way before Warrior, right? I'm, I was told these things. This is eight years later that I'm talking about it for the first time. For the first time ever. You were the first person that I talked about this. Mm. For the first time ever I'm talking about this. And it's not to tell a fucking story. It's because it is happening. There is a, I didn't even remember these for eight years, right? Mm. Or maybe I did, but I never spoke of it. But these four things that were told to me, like yeah. the, what I saw... Yeah. That that was my gift, and yes. that's my guidance. That's affirmation and confirmation that I am in the right place with God. Yeah, that's and, beautiful. And a couple of days ago, I had some guy put a comment on my on my uh, on one of my posts, right? And he writes, "Oh, Jesus is the way, brother." And uh, I write down and I say, "No," he says, "Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer, brother." I'm like, uh, and I write down, I said, yeah, he's one of the answers, of course. Mm. And uh, I said, but the answer is God. Mm. So he likes it. And then he puts a, he puts a scripture, um, a beautiful scripture, right, from the Bible. And I read it, and I was touched. It was an amazing scripture. So I like it, and I said, this is beautiful scripture, beautiful, beautiful scripture. Um, I, I, I love it. I love it. And if you have more, share, because this is beautiful. Um, but here's what I want to tell you. My fate is not weak for you to come in and impose yours on mine. Mm-hmm. My fate is solid. So next time you come and knock on my door, know that God has been here. Mm-hmm. And the voice asked me to do that. And he and I are in Facebook. We like each other's stuff and it's a pretty cool guy. Yeah. Uh, but I had to take a position for me yeah. saying, hey, I know where my faith is. My faith doesn't belong in an organized religion group. Mm-hmm. My faith belongs between me and God. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking solid. I don't need any other buddy to impose theirs on mine. Mm-hmm. Mine is solid. Yeah. You knock on my door, God has been here, bro. Yeah. So good luck in your journey. Good luck and just go find someone that doesn't have this because I have it here. It, and, it, and it truly doesn't matter if you're Muslim, Christian, Jew, whatever background you are. If your faith is solid, then it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. When it's not solid, when you're still lost, when you haven't found the way, you just fall in for anything. Mm-hmm. 
just fall in for anything. And for most of us, blindly, we put the blindfold on and we just follow one path. Yeah. Some people switch. It uh, being a Christian didn't work, so I became uh, I became this guy. I became that guy. I became that guy. And now I've experienced everything. Well, good for you. Where is your connection one-on-one with God, right? Yeah. yeah. As you were talking, I, I, I started to have this thought about people who are proselytizers. So the proselytizer is someone who tries to convert someone else to their religion. And <clears throat> I had this thought that those are the people typically who don't have the direct experience, connection, and level of faith because somehow they are trying to convert others so that they themselves can feel validated and can feel stronger in it versus, look, when God, when God comes through a person, if you are spiritual in any way, you cannot deny it. You cannot deny it, okay? Warrior has shattered my frame in many ways. I told you this in the car. Here's why. I cannot deny that I'm a Christian. I cannot deny that I believe in Jesus and and all of the things that come with the faith, okay? But what I also cannot deny is that God has come to me through a Muslim man who has directly impacted my, my life. I cannot deny that because I know when God comes through another man or woman to me, I know that. I know how to identify that. I know what that feels like. I know what that looks like. I know what the fruits of that are. I know what the fucking results are when God impacts my life. So my frame is shattered and what my frame is becoming is this. I will receive God through anyone who wants to give God to me. I will receive it. And I will not deny the fruit of what that is. I will not deny what that, even if I don't understand it. Here's the problem. Anybody that's certain about what they believe, they are the most fucking deluded people on the planet. (laughs) True. If you really, if you really, really come in contact with the divine, the certainty goes away. Like, dude. It's out of your head. I, I, I cannot explain. I cannot explain. What I can do is I can look at fruit. I can experience fruit. I can experience results. And when I experience something divine, whether I can explain it or not, I have to acknowledge it. That's true. I have to say, this is what happened. This is true. So the fact that there's a Christian, okay, so you don't know this. My father is Jewish. Okay. My father was raised as a Jew. Okay. Who converted to become a Christian. Christian, okay. So I am half Jewish by blood, <laughs> Christian, sitting here with a Muslim man. <laughs> yes. And yet something divine is happening between us. Yes. How do you fucking explain that? You don't, don't explain <laughs> that. But what you do is you say, this is real. It's true. You acknowledge the presence of God. You honor the presence of God. You honor the fruit of what happens when that kind of divine energy flows 
among human beings. And, and, and in the midst of all this, what you don't do is that you never idolize. Because not once you said that it was Sam, it was, hey, it came through you. That's right. And I got it. And so we are all, when we are divine and when we are spiritual, when we are spiritual, right? And when we are open. Right. The minute we are open, the voice will use us. Yeah. God will use us as a vessel, as an instrument. Yes. All of us, the majority of us have we have our eyes closed and we want to cross hell to get to heaven mm. with our eyes closed mm. and in the midst of it we fucking burn because we refuse to open our eyes and see oh shit there's fire here I should probably get the fuck out of there mm -hmm. and inside of that this journey this journey of a man to become divine is nothing but can I receive the message of God and can I be open enough mm. in what you're telling me right now? I shared with you the story of, of the three Mormon families that knock yeah. on my door and I welcome them three different times in nine months, three different family. Now I know why I welcome them. Like I welcome them like no other person would welcome them. They came to my house. My entire family was sitting. I allowed them to talk. I allowed them to share and I received and I and I and I thanked them. Mm -hmm. It wasn't because my faith was weak that 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 I blocked them or that right. I received them that I was looking for right. some fucking savior or some other way. It's exactly what you said right now. Whenever God wants to speak to me, I am to fucking listen. Mm -hmm. So if these people came to my house, God sent them to my house, not some marketing agency. Yeah. Not and there was a message inside of that. Mm -hmm. And I received it. Now I get it. Why? Like before this conversation, I thought I thought it was me. I thought it was like, "Hey Sam, you know, uh, dude, this three family came to my house, and you know, I'm so open. Mm -hmm. I'm so open to receive other religions, and like, dude, I'm not a closed person. Mm -hmm. So I was getting the credit to me. Mm. Now the credit is not to me. Now credit is like it, it, like you said. Whenever there is a message, God. Then I will receive it. Yeah. And those were simply messengers yeah. with a different language, with a different book. Yeah. But it it was not an attack on my family. It was not an attack on what I believe. They never attacked. They didn't they just carried a message. And my house <clears throat> was open to receive that. My heart was open to receive that. Yeah. Yeah. That's why God sent them. That's right. <clears throat> so it makes a lot of fucking sense now. Yeah. Because it's reframing the I, the mm -hmm. hero, mm -hmm. versus, hey, man, I have nothing and everything is given to me. That's right. <coughs> yeah, that's beautiful. It's so true. And I think the only difference then is about whether we're open or not. Yeah. Are we open? Are we willing? Are we willing to listen? Are we willing to hear? Are we willing to receive the message? Or is do we have such a strong story in our mind... <coughs> that actually blocks us from receiving. So that was that was the first um, big decisions that you made, right? Yeah. On your own, you pursue what you believe in your heart and you go build. And it was a decade of building and, you know, yep. it was a decade of helping, building and helping and continue being a spiritual man. You don't give up on God. Nope. You just give up on the system that wasn't no longer serving you. That's right. You come to Warrior Week, first night in the pit, and 
you go through you go through this darkness, this place, and the self realization of like where you are. But then you made another decision that night. What was that? After seeing your pit, yeah. After <coughs> seeing my pit, I uh, my pit was all about my wife, and without describing in detail because I don't I don't. Uh, know if I have her permission to do that yeah. uh, I saw I saw my wife and I saw clearly what I had done to her like I, I you know you have these moments of clarity most of the time I was blind most of the time I was oblivious I, I just didn't realize I didn't realize what I had done I didn't realize how damaging I was I didn't realize how strong and powerful the negativity and the darkness that was coming through me to her. So what I saw actually, you know, most of us are afraid to go to that pit. We don't want to go there. It's fucking scary. It's really dark and scary. But what happened when I went into the pit was that I got clarity. Seeing what I had done so clearly also caused me to see what I needed to do so clearly. Like, I, that just came to me. Seeing what I had done so clearly in the pit caused me to see what I needed to do going forward. And what I needed to do was to repair. Mm -hmm. What I needed to do was to heal the relationship with my wife with love, with care, with everything I had, like everything that I had invested in so many other areas of my life, mm -hmm. I needed to now bring that level of intensity and of investment and of commitment to my wife and to our marriage. That is beautiful, and that is exactly what took place. Yeah. And that is exactly what you've done every single day and what you do every single day is to continue to heal and continue to invest and continue yes. to just... Like you healed and now you're investing and you're growing and you're building a life with your wife right now versus living a life with her. Yeah. Because that's what the past was, was just yeah. living with each that's other. Right. Now you're building. And uh, and that was a second shift, second, literally second shift. Like all this stuff that we talked about God and we talked about Warrior Week and we talked about yeah. like everything was to bring you to this point, which is you become the servant and the leader at home yeah. for your wife and your kids. So true. And that's all the message of God is. is like, bro, like you, I give you this beautiful gift, this woman, and I give you these kids. Lead yeah. them. Yeah. You don't need to go to Africa and start leading people in Africa because they don't believe in me. Mm -hmm. Lead your family. Yes. Lead your family at yes. home. Yes. That is so true, Coach. I, I firmly believe that <clears throat> the leadership if we, okay, I'll just speak for myself. I firmly believe that I could never do the work of God if I can't do the work of God within my family. How can I truly bring God to the world if I can't bring God into my own marriage and into my own family? And, and I had never, coach, I had never, I had never been able to truly do that. So I thought I was doing it, but I, 
I, I had never done it. And today you're doing that? Today I'm I, doing it. And you give me an example this morning about your son, how you're teaching him. Why don't yeah. you share it here? Yeah. Because that's, that's the fruit of what you just described. That's right. That how you're teaching your son nowadays about spirituality, right? Yeah, so that's right. He reads the script. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So he he has uh, <laughs> one of the things I instituted after Warrior Week. It was one of my commitments was to, to create a family church. Okay. Right. And uh, we don't go to a church, but I realized I am I'm not doing my job as a spiritual leader in my family if I'm not guiding my family spiritually, particularly my kids, right? Yes. He's 10 years old now. So what I realized though is most of what happened through my upbringing that was not healthy was a lot of indoctrination. Sure. It was a lot of taking divine things <clears throat> and giving all the answers around them. And I had to do a lot of undoing of all that shit that got put in my head so I could start to hear the voice in my heart again. Mm -hmm. So what I determined with my son is I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to indoctrinate him, but I am going to introduce him to the Bible and let him start to get his own revelations. Beautiful. So we began doing that. And like the things that he is seeing and hearing from the voice at 10 years old <laughs> blows my fucking mind. <laughs> That's crazy. It's beautiful. The lesson here is the following. And you said it. I didn't say it. I'm just going to repeat it because it's a fucking bomb you just dropped. You have no idea what fucking bomb you dropped. And here's the bomb. You have no business to be in any fucking church with your family if you don't have a family church first. Because what you're doing as a man and as a leader is that you're delegating your leadership in the hand of someone else. Mm. If you have your own family church, then you take that family church and you go to church. You take your unit and you go to church. You mm. go with your unit. You go there with your unit. You don't, you don't bring your unit there so they can follow another leader. Mm. You're the leader of the house. It is your job to teach them about the Bible, the Quran, the Torah, whatever. It, does, it is your job to create the church at home. It is your duty as a man. You want to know what being a man is? Being a man is a guy that actually creates a church at home. Because it's not simply being, but you are creating a way for your family. Mm. And a way that is led by you and your experiences. Why would you delegate that to somebody yeah, else if you so haven't true. built it? So true. And you bring them to the church if they're not at home. If, they, if you don't church them at home and if you bring them to a church... Then Someone it is, is out of exactly. your control. Exactly. exactly. So it is so important to show up spiritually at home. And it doesn't mean that you have to be this crazy, you know, religious guy that you that you don't need to have right. or study. It's just lessons father to son. That's right. And it's just conversations with God and simple stuff that you're doing. This morning I had a I had a brief conversation with my son. And it was a divine conversation. It was something that was dropped inside of a conversation yesterday. Uh, one of the brothers, Sean Ellis, came down, and he's going to make a T-shirt out of this code for me. It said, he said, I'm not doing the work to be elite. I'm doing the work because I am elite. Mm. I'm like, okay, shit. That's some, that's some bomb. So I'm going to use that. I'm going to teach that to my son. So this morning in the car, I'm telling my son, 
hey, uh, what do students do? Why do students go to school? He's like, to learn and listen and, and become smarter. Okay, okay, if you learn and listen and become smarter, what kind of student you are? He goes, you're a good student. I say, okay, I want you to consider the following, that you're not going to school to become a good student, that you're already a good student, and that's why you go to school. Mm. Bang. Repeat it another time. Reframed it. Dude, the kid left the car with a frame of fucking confidence. Yes. Most of his life, people are telling him, you got to do this, do this, do this yes. to be a good student. Yes. Now you are a good student because you're going to school. Yeah. yeah. And th that reframe changes the, the, the confidence level and how he's going to lead himself at school. Yes. Yes. So beautiful. these conversations need to take place. If you're driving your son to school in the morning, take the time to teach him something. Mm -hmm. Don't be on your phone. Don't listen to the fucking radio. Don't, don't allow it to be a silenced drive. It, yeah. it's, you have an opportunity. You have a window every morning with your children yep. in that car to teach them. Yes. And it's on you <clears throat> if you don't teach them anything that day. Yep. Not on them. Not on them. You can't blame them like 14 because, you know, they found themselves in a, in a crack house or they found themselves this kind of party, like having sex with multiple. You can't blame them because you missed all the fucking windows mm -hmm. to tell them what life is all about. Yeah. And then like a motherfucker, you're going to expect them to not experience. Yep. They will experience. Fine. But if you've done your duty as a dad to provide them the guidance, perhaps they'll experience on the right path. Yeah. Whatever that path is. I'm not defining that path. But the right path is, is, is a path of that, that kid is pain-free. Yeah. Because if a kid finds himself somewhere, it's because he's looking for significance. Drug significance, gang significance, sexual encounters significant. There's a lack of significance. And all you got to do is inject that significance and confidence in them every single fucking day. And stop robbing it away because the church leader said that. Right. Stop yeah. robbing it away because the principal said that. The teacher said that. Believe your kids first. But you'll be only able to do that if you're actually telling the truth. Mm. If you come from a place of lies and if you're lying to your family and your kids, of course you're going to project lies to them and they're going to fucking lie to you too. Yeah. So we had, we, had, we had a very, very divine conversation tonight. Yes. But we also had a very tactical conversation that here's what I'm doing tactically. Yep. Here's what I'm doing with my son tactically. Here's what I'm doing with my wife tactically. Here's what I do as a man of God tactically today, mm -hmm. right? Conversation is, this is warrior. We are alphas. We are powerful men. But we are willing to tell the story as is. We don't have any shame to have tears in our eyes. We don't carry guilt and shame because we tell it as is. We don't fucking hide a grapefruit. We don't hide a grapefruit. What I mean by that is imagine you walking around with a fucking grapefruit all day and your job is to fucking hide that. <laughs> sure, right. you're going to hide it, you're going to hide it, but your energy is consumed all day to hide this grapefruit yeah. until you find yourself in the fucking shower and you have nothing to hide it with. And now you have to hide the fucking grapefruit. And the only place you can put that is up your fucking ass. And you put it up your fucking ass. And now you have a fucking asshole that is big like that. And it's bleeding. And you're in goddamn fucking pain. Yep. 
And all you had to do is take the fucking goddamn grapefruit and just throw it away. Yeah. But we carry guilt and shame most of our lives. Yeah. And so we do that in a way that you defined last week as you know, as one of the trainers that came here co-training us, uh, 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 co-training the guys coming into Worry Week. There was an evolution. I'm not going to name, name the evolution. <clears throat> But you made it very clear that what kind of man you are mm. and that you made in, in the midst of being a man of God, in the best of being a man of family, yeah. don't make a fucking mistake. Yeah. I am a violent man. Yes. But then you made a very clear distinction of where that violence is. I want you to share that with millions of fucking viewers and listeners, because that was a powerful revelation that came through you. Okay. Coach. <laughs> this is what I said. <clears throat> There's a verse in the Bible that says, the kingdom of God is taken by violence and violent men seize it. And I have realized that not only am I a violent man because I am a fucking violent man, I'm violent in a positive way. I've never been violent to go out and beat people up or get in bar fights, but I'm a violent fucking man. But my violence needs to be brought to bear on the right things. It needs to be brought to bear on the right things. It needs to be brought to bear on killing my fucking stories. It needs to be brought to bear on ridding myself of guilt and shame. It needs to be brought to bear on getting rid of the fucking lies in my life. And it needs to be brought to bear to myself in my commitment to myself and to my family, first and foremost. Violent every fucking day to fight. What am I fighting for? I am fighting for my marriage. I am fighting for my son, my 10-year-old son, the most beautiful boy on the fucking planet who is not going to grow up to be who he is created to be if his father doesn't fucking fight for him every day fighting for my daughter this is what I'm fighting for eventually my violence is going to be brought to bring the kingdom of God beyond my family but if I can't fight fight for myself and my family first with violence and commitment who am I to bring anything to the world? Beautiful. And to fight, you're going to need violence or else you have already lost the fucking fight. This is not a fight that you're going to win if you don't bring the violent man inside of you to fight for what matters the most, your family, your kids, and what you stand for. Not what you're fucking defending. The minute you're defending something is not the truth because the truth by itself doesn't require any goddamn fucking men to defend it. You stand by the truth. The minute you find yourself defending something, ask yourself, that is possibly a fucking lie in your life. You stand by your family. You stand by your kids. You stand by God. You stand by yourself. Don't defend anything. This was an incredible show. Thank you. We went longer than any other fucking show in the history of, <laughs> of Warrior Week, and this is kind of out of our control. 
Uh, we are fucking no one here. Uh, we are simply vessels and instruments. And whatever conversations taking place, it didn't come from my fucking head. It came through my stories and my stories and your stories blended in. And, and there was a message that we carried, both as shepherd and messengers. And if you're the guy that resonated with this message, and this is a calling inside of your heart to go and seek and discover more. There are places you could do this and begin your journey. You can first begin by listening to more of these podcasts to see if this is really the truly the path you're seeking. www.warriorweeknow.com. There is pictures, audios, videos, and other details about other episodes that you'll find in there. Second place you can find more significance inside of this is called warriorweek.com. It's the spiritual event that you'll come and you'll actually experiment with some of the stuff that Sam and I were talking about. There's a third place as well, and that place is called warriorbook.com, and warriorbook.com is a place for you to start reading the book and start getting connected to the community and see if there is a way for you to find more truth. However, in the midst of all this, if this message has resonated with you, there's one fucking thing that you need to do, and that is simply forward it to another man because he may also benefit from this. Thanks for being for us. This was an incredible show. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Appreciate it.